Hey everyone and welcome to another edition, the first round post by edition of Crowcast. And a very disappointing day it was, unfortunately. Uh, it looked good, then it looked bad, then it looked really good and then it turned out really bad. And to uh, help us talk through it, none other than uh, my cohort, Maka. How are you going, mate? Oh, pretty good, mate. Look, I know we lost, but we're very proud of the boys and the way they played. And I think that if a couple of things had been a little bit different, it, we would have won. Yeah, look, I guess. <laughs> I guess. No, what I liked about it is that we had a, a peek into the future in that third quarter. We just most got a definitely. peek into where, where, where are we going to? And I liked it. Yeah, most look, most definitely. Um, well, there's a ton to go through. Uh, we saw both sides of the coin with regards to where we're at right, right now. Um, we saw the good, the bad, um, but what we did see, Macca, is the fact that we can match it against the best right now. Um, we can't yet do it for four quarters. Uh, we can't yet finish off games, uh, which is disappointing. That's a trend this year. But, gee, when we're on, we're on, aren't we? Yeah, yeah I, I thought that third quarter was the... Well, it's definitely the best football I've seen the Crows play for many, many a long year. And we, we weren't playing against, like, the under-18s or something. We were playing against Collingwood and on yeah. their home ground with their 65,000 feral yeah. supporters. And, yeah. you know, and I, and I thought, was it just... We made them look second-rate. And as you say, we can't maintain it, um, not yet, because the boys aren't uh, seasoned enough, but that will come. Look... I think it will come. I think there's um, there's there's a couple of holes to fill. Uh, there's a bit of polish. Uh, there's a bit of composure. I think composure was the big thing that cost us in the first half, a lack of composure. Um, but once we... once the, the more What I like the best is that we didn't go into protection mode in that last quarter. We kept trying to play to win the game, whereas... Previously against Collingwood, we went into protection mode and, and probably cost ourselves the game, um, and that that was an improvement. Uh, and that's just confidence, isn't it, Macca? It is, and um, you know there were a couple of things, and I, I still, you know, you when you're a loser, everybody says you're a winner when you raise them. But I mean, in that that Rankin, for example, there was that instant that ball went over the line off his boot. And then was touched. That's a goal in anybody's language, and I can't see how the art could possibly say they couldn't make that decision. It makes a mockery of the review system. Um, it really does. Um, you know, it wasn't clear. Even Rankin wasn't clear. But as soon as he saw the replay, he he knew it was a goal. We all knew it was a goal. The commentators knew it was a goal, and it was piss weak by um, the review uh, people, not to call it what it was. And look, that wasn't the only thing. Uh, twenty-one to twelve or twenty-one to thirteen free kicks for the game, and and I felt like the umpires really killed our momentum in the first five or ten minutes of that last quarter uh, with I some did. ridiculous frees. Uh, 
the the fifty meter on on Dacos was just ridiculous. Um, the hold. I, I can't on, work that one out. The hold on Cox out. was ridiculous. Uh, a couple of missed ones. Uh, Laird pushing the back and Dawson getting absolutely hammered on that last play uh, in the forward line uh, there on that 11. last play of the game. He got smacked around the chops and it was 10 times as bad. 10 times as bad as what Mason Cox copped on the, at the other end. No free. Um, you know, it shouldn't have been that close, but when it is that close, you rely on the umpiring to get it right and uh, they didn't get it right in my opinion. Oh, not just your opinion. I think anybody with the, uh, who could look at it and just watch it and make a judgment without trying to be too biased. I mean, Dawson got belted around the head in that uh, 11 seconds to go. He would have had a shot for goal from 40 metres out and they paid nothing. And yet, you know, you should take the free, like, like for example, that Cox got. I couldn't understand that free at all. And also, I, I don't get the way Dacos kicks it. Somebody else gets marks it or takes it. And then, 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 then a 50 metre. How can that be? It's a 50 metre penalty from where the ball landed, apparently. Um, the, they applied the rule right. What shouldn't have happened was that it shouldn't have occurred in the first place because, I mean, Sloney basically almost got pushed into Dacos. It wasn't an intentional collision and he didn't take him down. It, like Sloney went down, Dacos didn't. And yet... Uh, you know, fifty meters down the ground, certain goal. I don't know. Yeah, look, it, I, look, I, I don't want to belabor the point with the umpires, Mac. Um, but to say that it wasn't a factor uh, would be just disingenuous because it, it was a factor. When you get beaten by two points, and we can nominate the number of decisions, uh, including one that was a goal. Um, it is a massive factor. So um, that's why I say I'm proud of the boys. I thought that, uh, I mean, this team is the, uh, the favourite for the flag and uh, uh, they've been beating other very, very good sides. And, you know, morally, I think we beat them. Factually, we didn't. Uh, but, you know, still proud of our boys. Yep, look, good day to everyone who's joined us uh, in Discord after the break and also on YouTube after the break. Uh, fantastic to be back and fantastic to see you all back uh, on the podcast and in the Discord channel. Don't forget, we're interactive, so if you want to vent, uh, uh, certainly a few people I reckon would want to vent. In fact, we've got someone already, so let's uh, let's let's get them on. Uh, someone who looks new, Black Traviar. I've never heard that person's name before, but... Uh, you're uh, invited on, uh, so uh, just click the button and come in and uh, you can have your say. Um, and anyone else who'd like to have their say throughout the show, please raise your hands. I'm very keen to hear what people think about a variety of things. Uh, Black Traviar, having received the invoca- invitation, has now ignored it, so uh, I'll, just rescind, <laughs> I'll just rescind that <laughs> invitation. Oh, no, here we go. You're on mute, uh, Black Traviar. Take yourself off mute and uh, let us know what you want to say. How are you going? Oh dear. It's these people who can't get their audio right, Macca. Not like us. Not like us. We don't have technical issues. Good God, mate. Hope he's not doing it in sign language. 
No, I'll put you back to the pack, mate. You get your audio sorted out and give it another crack in a minute. In the meantime, Macca, why don't we do what we always do to start off the show, and that's to go through the weekend's results, shall we? Uh, won't take too long. Won't take too long. It was a pretty uh, pretty cruisy sort of a round this week. Uh, let's start off with the Cats in Melbourne at uh, Alphabet Stadium on Thursday night. The Cats, uh, after Melbourne, looked all right for most of the game. They got up by 15 points at the end, 78-63, keeping their finals hopes alive, Macca. Yeah, um, I'm a bit worried about Melbourne at the moment. Um, it, I thought it was a good first. It was a game that didn't reach very high standards. and uh, um, Yeah, and when uh, Rowan accidentally put Cameron out of action, um, I thought, there you go, Geelong's chances, but um, yeah, Petrarca and Viney did very well in the midfield, but I don't like the Gorn-Grundy combination. I just think it's changed the nature of the way that um, Melbourne play, and I think they're a lesser side this year than they were before they got Grundy. Yeah, I don't know whether Grundy's 100% right, Mac, and that's why they're playing him more forward and Grundy more on the ball. I, I always thought it was a weird thing for Melbourne to spend their money on uh, when they had probably the best ruckman in the comp and uh, they, I don't, I agree with you I don't think that they've got the, the combination right yet, it, it could be you know, I mean, they had a similar combination with uh, Jackson and they just replaced like for like and um, to be perfectly honest with you, I'd be playing Grundy more forward and, and Gorn in the ruck but I don't think Gorn's fit enough at the moment well, I agree with the way you've got it, but uh, yeah. Anyhow, as it turned out, um, Geelong, I, I thought they'd just about written off. Um, yeah, they got up in the end and uh, beat them, and I think Melbourne are in a bit, in a bit of trouble. I, I can't see them winning the flag. Well, I don't mind that because we might have to beat them to make the eight, mate. So uh, long may they stay out. Although you know they suffer without Oliver, um, you know he gives them a lot of grunt through that midfield Um, and uh, I think uh, the one-two punch with Petrarca just goes astray a little bit it's shown that Petrarca by himself isn't as effective and I think you'd probably say that about the majority of gun midfielders in the comp you need that one-two punch don't you when you're talking about the quality of those two yeah so, um, yeah, so anyway, on the Friday night, we had uh, the Lions spoiling the party for the Spud match, uh, getting up uh, 28 points in the end, 84 to 56. I didn't watch a lot of the game because I found it a bit boring. I just, it was a, I couldn't get into this game, Macca, could you? Um, it wasn't a great game. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought it was a pretty poor round, actually. Um, yeah, Brisbane... Uh, they can't win at the, at the at the G. Well, they've won seven of the last eight from Marvel. I, I just don't understand that particular logic. But um, uh, they had a very good uh, uh, player at Andrews in the back line, which uh, stopped most things. With Neil and Dunkley on the ball, Dunkley was a, a, an amazing get for them, really. He, he just gives their midfield drive, gives, gives them a depth, he tackles, he does everything. So... Uh, only inaccuracy uh, kept the Saints in the game, but I don't really rate the Saints. Um, um, yeah, I, I just, like you said, it wasn't much of a game. I won't talk too much about it. But yeah. I just don't think that uh, Saint Kilda are going very far anyhow. 
No, they're wasting space in the eight, in my opinion, uh, benefiting from their good start still. Uh, but I still reckon they might drop out. And uh, then on Saturday, what happened to the mercy rule in football? Sydney, 205 to Eagles, 34. Sydney by 171 points. We're talking about a team who has been out of form for much of the season. Absolute, absolutely destroying West Coast. Did you actually watch any of it, Fane? Why would you watch it? Well, I did, and it's disgusting. Those players for West Coast, they think they're trying, they're not. They, I, honestly, I saw at one stage, I, think, I don't know if it was he or one of the players, he had five West Coast players around, and he managed to pick the ball up and waltz his way through and kick a goal. I just... They don't really try. They are not really trying. And firstly, I think that the club is in crisis. I think they need to get rid of their coaching panel. They need to get rid of their list uh, management team. They've got to get rid of their fitness team and some of their admin. I think the club is up to shit. There's nothing good about it. I think you're being harsh, and, Mac. I think you're being harsh, Mac. And they don't deserve the priority pick because they've, they've put themselves into this situation. I think you're being harsh. I'm not being, being harsh, but I'm being accurate. You know how many players they've got playing in the twos at the moment? I understand that. They've got injuries. No, no, no. How, how many? How many? How many players have, did they have playing in the twos on the weekend? I know. Half a dozen. Eight. Two. Oh. Two. They had... 25 players to pick from. So how many of the of the 23 do you reckon are 100% fit right now? Look, I don't, I don't really know. I just know what I saw, and I saw players that don't try. Yeah. That's what I did see. Well, I'm sorry, Macca, but I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but I... I don't know what else you expect them to do. Like, you, you, if you're playing half-fit players because you've got no one else to play and those players just can't go and they're getting done by 100 points, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what you do. Well, you're talking about the fitness side, you know, and, and the amount of injuries. We were in that situation before we got a decent uh, fitness guy. We were used to we were used to have twelve, thirteen out all the time, and oh, not as bad uh, as this, Macca. Not as bad as this. No, but we were consistently around the dozen mark in the, in the days of Burton and his mate, and uh, we got ourselves a good guy. Now we have two, three, fours, you know, maximum. No, it's a look. I think the club is in crisis, and it's got to go through. Uh, it's got to clean itself out and get it, reestablish itself because I mean it's been a mighty club. There's no doubt about that. But at the moment, it's rubbish. Anyway, not our problem. Uh, next up, we had uh, Frio and Essendon, and Essendon looked good early, and then Frio just ran all over them. Uh, Thirty-two points in the end, ninety-three to sixty-one, a good result for us, um, bringing Essendon back to us on on games, um, and uh, probably a welcome return to form for the Dockers as well. Yeah, uh, Essendon got the first couple of goals, and I thought, gee, they're going to be too good, but. Uh... Darcy got really going in the ruck, and they have missed him since he's been gone. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, um, 
Jackson actually played a very good game up forward. I think he's more of a forward ruck than a ruckman, uh, Fiend. And don't really rate his rucky, but he's a good forward. And uh, yeah, and down back, they got Brian down back, and they had their midfielder fed off of uh, Darcy. And, yeah, overall, just too good. And this, and, and um, yeah, I don't think they can make the eight. Well, uh, I'd rate them above St Kilda, Macca. Yeah, uh, not Essendon look uh, sometimes play millionaire football. They look really great, but then they played a team here who just played a little bit harder, and and they just imploded. So I don't rate them. Mm. Yeah, well, they're definitely not a flag contender, but uh, I think they might squeak into the eight. Um, what do we have apart from our stinking game that we'll talk about in due course? Yeah. Oh, just. Can't stand. Gold Coast and Hawthorne. Yeah, Gold There's Coast and Hawthorne. Another crap game. Gold Coast by 67. Um, I guess the thing I'll say about that, Macker, is Gold Coast finally playing like a football team on a regular basis. Well, uh, Hawthorne got the first three goals and only ended up with five for the game. So mm-hmm. you can imagine not, not much happened after that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just a thrashing. And um, Gold Coast looked like a good team because they're playing a really bad team. They really miss uh, Sicily, and uh, Sicily did let his teammates down badly, although I did think he was a little bit lucky about that uh, suspension, but that's another story. I'm not going to go into that. But mm. uh, no, uh, Hawthorne no good at the moment, but they, I think they're building nicely anyhow, even though they didn't do very good to, uh, today. They've got some nice young players here that... Uh, they are doing the same thing that we did. They're just starting behind us. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, let's have a look at the ladder. Um, and now that we're all back on 14 games, uh, we see Collingwood return to the top ahead of Port Adelaide uh, on percentage. The Lions are gain, or two games back in third. Uh, Melbourne, another game back in fourth. So you'd almost say... Melbourne will probably make top four by default, Mac. I don't see either Brisbane or Melbourne dropping out, but uh, it at the moment it really seems like a race between the two bloody magpies, doesn't it? It does, sort of. At this stage, you'd have to say that. But, you know, is what have we got, another eight or nine games to go? Yeah. Um, and then uh, we've got St Kilda somehow still in fifth place. Uh, together with Essendon and West Coast uh, on 32 points. Uh, the Crows, the best thing about us is our percentage, Mac, even though we're uh, a further game back on 28 points. We've got 115 percentage. If we'd have won today, we would have been fifth. Um, so that just shows you uh, it was it was good that we, uh, even though we lost, we didn't get blown out. Um, maintains us above Geelong, just outside of the eight with Gold Coast and Fremantle. Richmond half game behind on 26 points. Sydney on 24 with the Giants. Don't think either of those teams can make it. Carlton on 22, Hawthorne on 16, North Melbourne on 8, and Hawthorne, uh, sorry, North Melbourne on 8, and West Coast on 4, and 47.3%. I don't think I've ever seen that, Macca. No. We haven't seen the team as bad as this. Um, yeah, it's going to turn into a real logjam around those last two or three positions in the eight, isn't it? It really is. And, um, you know, that's uh, our percentage holds us in good stead um, in that in that regard. 
Um, but uh, we need to win our home games. Um, the GWS game is shaping up as a real interesting and important game for us, Macca. We have to keep... That's probably the hardest home game we've got left, I think. Um, and the rest of it is away. I, I agree with yeah. If you get over GWS and beat one of Essendon and Melbourne, and I think we might sneak in. Well, it's going to require us to beat somebody away and um, one or two away. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Essendon and Melbourne, and I think both are vulnerable. I think, it, it, God, if we if we play, you know, anywhere near how we played for long periods of the game today against either of those teams, we'll blow them out of the park. Um, and and the I guess you home, home showdown could be a chance there as well. Yes, well, that's the other. I, I, look, I like the style of play we we when we were on and we we're attacking and we we're using the ball and moving it. Uh, I don't think a team like Port Adelaide can go with that. I think Port Adelaide are very strong inside, um, and they have one or two targets up forward with Marshall, etc. But, um, you know, I, I don't know whether Port can run with our, run with our um, fast-running fast transition game. It'll be very, very interesting. Well, um, I think we can beat them. Um, I think we... I mean, we showed that we could, we could beat uh, Collingwood today. We didn't, but we showed that we could. And uh, they, they, they're the number one team. Port are the other team that's right up there, so... I think we can beat them. I, I know we're looking ahead and we haven't even got there yet, but that showdown is shaping up as an absolute ripper. An absolute ripper. It? It, it's like, you know, showdowns are always 50-50, Mac, but when you've got two teams that are in pretty good nick, um, both in the eight, um, coming down to the, the, the pointy end of the season, oh, tasty, tasty. And a Crozo's home game. It's going to be a ripper. Yeah. Anyway, look, let's not get ahead of ourselves. There's today's game to deal with, and unfortunately, as we mentioned, uh, Adelaide bad kicking again early, 11-14-80, going down by two goddamn points to Collingwood, 12-10-82. Oh, Mac. I thought we were there, you know. I thought we were there. They only got the lead back with seven minutes to go. And when Tex kicked that run into the open goal goal I just thought here we come we're just we're going to yeah. sneak this one I really thought we were going to sneak it I did too at that stage but uh, that's when the umpire said no you won't <laughs> well look I mean we've had a say about the umpires and as you said no one can dispute that the umpires had an influence in this game but I want to talk about the first half because the first half showed what happens when we don't back ourselves. And I, I felt we were tentative. I felt we were second to the ball. Um, we didn't take any risk. We weren't using the corridor at all. Our forwards weren't moving. They weren't leading up. They weren't providing any options. And, you know, I don't know what Nick said at half time. But if we'd have kept going like that first half, we would have got blown out by 50 points. So that's the bad part. We're 27 points yeah, down I, at half time. Yeah, in that first half, we, you're quite right. We, we we were trying to play risk-free football. If you play risk-free football, 
it means that you're also not going to take um, uh, take the other team on and perhaps get uh, blow them away. You, you, all you're doing is playing. You're playing the game on their terms if you play risk-free football. And on the third in the third quarter, we actually came out and obviously Nixie had told us to, to forget the scoreboard, just play our game. And uh, yeah, you know, it just it just blew them away. They could they could not contain it. And I think this is the key, Macca. I've felt that Adelaide Crows teams of the past have been too afraid to lose and not brave enough to win. And I don't know whether it's a a cultural thing or whether it's a, the product of expectation in a two-team town. I'm not quite sure what it is, Macca, but... I, for a long period of time, Adelaide has, has shown a propensity to be afraid to lose, and as soon as as soon as that fear creeps in, we double handle, we we kick poorly, we miss sh- shots at goal, etc. etc. And it's this group of players has has not only an opportunity but probably a responsibility to the club to leave that behind. We have to leave that mentality behind, Macca, because we saw when we did leave it behind after half times what we can do. We turned around a 27-point deficit in half a half a quarter and ended the quarter, what were we, 13 points in front or something. That's a 40-point yep. turnaround in, in a quarter of football against the top team by just playing aggressive, attacking football. Well... Some of the greatest sportsmen ever have said, if you want to win, you have to be prepared to lose. Exactly. And, and to do that, Robert, that really means is you play your game 100% your way and have a real crack at it. Now, it might mean you lose, but you know that you've had a real crack at your way. Now, if you don't do that, you never ever know whether it, it's the right way. 100%, Macca. 100%. And I would imagine that in, in a roundabout way, that's what Nick said to them at halftime. There is no point losing by being in your shell, second-guessing, all the rest of it. We, the boys need to understand that they're a good quality football team with a load of development yet. We, we had young lads that hardly got a sniff today. You know, we, there's yeah. so much development left in this side. But collectively, it's if we take the game on... If we back ourselves in, if we if we have some composure, which comes with with confidence, um, we've shown that the Collingwood, the best team in the in the competition, will crumble just like any other team. Exactly, exactly. And that that stretch of probably about two or three minutes in the last quarter, when the game was in the balance, and it was when Worrell ran back into the pack, and it was. I reckon it's the most extreme period of football, and it was only a couple of minutes, but I think it was the most extreme, high-pressure period of football I've seen this year. It was sensational. I haven't seen that sort of gut running and and you know just throwing yourself at the ball and the body for for years. It was amazing. It was. That was that's why I said you know I'm very proud of the boys, even though we lost and. And we lost it really in the first half, as you said, because we weren't we were played inside our shells. We weren't, 
we weren't going 100% in our game plan. We were just make, trying not to make errors. But in the, like when we abandoned that in the, in the third quarter, we just played our game at whatever cost. And, of course, when, once you get it flowing, it's a very good game style. I love the game style the Nixie's got to play. And when we when we get it and do it, get it right, it'll beat everybody. Yep. And, you know, as mentioned before, um, we did it with a few quiet players. Saligo was quiet. Rankin, uh, Rankin was relatively quiet. Rochelle was fairly quiet. Um, you know, it, it took um, a massive effort from Jordan Dawson, A, to keep us in the game, and then to get on top and start to dominate. Um, our defence was massive, I thought. Um, you know... You've got to give them, give them a lot of credit. They had you know, Murray missing very early, and um, they and they still had to sort of patch it up, and and they did. They did I thought they did a very good job. And uh, apart from a couple of dodgy free kicks given there, um, I thought they, they held them very well. 1990 in the chat says, whatever Nick said at three-quarter time didn't work. Well, I think it did, because... The one thing that I didn't want to see is us go into our protection mode um, again, have it being 13 points up, and I don't think we did. You know, they got a reasonably lucky goal early on um, with the ball slipping out the back and being socketed out and McCreary getting onto it or whoever it was. Oh, oh Harrison. Um, you know, Harrison. Uh, you know, they got a couple of lucky freezes we've discussed. Um, you know, we didn't take our chances in the last quarter. Our, they tightened up considerably down back. I think they played a, a man behind, and we didn't really adapt to that in the uh, in the heat of the game. There was a couple of opportunities where we could have dropped the ball in short, which is what we were doing in the third quarter, lowering our eyes and keep, keeping it away from more. But I felt like we started a bomb again in the last quarter, particularly in the last fifteen minutes. Uh, which didn't did. help. So again, that's that composure under pressure, Maka. Um, but uh, what we didn't do was go into our shells. Uh, we kept the pressure up. We kept attacking. We kept hammering in at, at stoppage. Um, you know, it certainly wasn't a game that was handed to Collingwood on a plate. Yeah. You mentioned Dawson. I've got to say that is one of the best individual games I've seen in Crows Palace for a very, very long time, mate. That was outstanding, his game. Yeah, well, they spent three quarters of the game rattling on about Nick Dacos, and then they realised that Dawson had him by about five or six possessions. <laughs> yeah, but um, also uh, Dawson was earning his set up the hard way, a lot of them. I mean, that. The number of times he didn't get a free kick for being... He was being stretched and held all the bloody time. Well, the one that the one that was was Laird. I felt like Laird got scragged all bloody game. He got pushed to the he back towards the end then, there, but he was scragged all bloody game, I thought. Pointed it out to the umpire as well, but the umpire just didn't take any notice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look... We can't go on about it's not the Green Maggots podcast, mate. <laughs> Just keep going on about it. Let's have a look at some stats. I don't think the stats really mattered uh, too much because it was fairly evident to anyone who watched how tight it was. Um, at various stages, um, Collingwood got out in their uncontested possession count. Uh, we were matching them pretty well at the cold face, but certainly in the first half, they were getting the ball on the outside far too easy, Mac. And uh, that yep. was one of the reasons they were able to get in front. We were uh, 
we were losing control around the contest and uh, they were spreading really really well, really powerfully. 369 to 366 disposals, 215 to 209 kicks, 154 to 157 handballs. Inside 50s, it was uh, a bit to and fro. Um, we were up early and then Collingwood just had about 20 in a row or some ridiculous thing. We ended up in front inside 50s, 57 to 49. And I felt like, Mac, uh, you know, Texas was on fire. It was just a bit of a pity that we could not get one more option going. Uh, Thilthorpe hurt his knee in a tackle and he was limping around there in the last quarter. Um, Fogarty was doing his best work up high, um, so mm. we didn't see him back very very much. I would have loved to have seen someone like a Lockie Gallant or a Shane McAdam in there just to smash the game open. And I think we that's probably one forward that we lack, Macca. Um, just just another option if Fogs playing up and Texas, you know, around the fifty. We need someone who can just take that, just take that mark. You're totally right. Um, and the other the other thing too is that Rankin normally plays close to the goal, but I, I thought he played very high in the particular game. I thought his game was pretty good actually, mm. um, but but he played a, a fair way from goal. He had only really had a couple of chances for goal. That one I was very very critical of uh, from Rankin was the one when he tried to. Do the kick around the corner when you when you about 40, 45 meters out. You can't make that journey doing that particular kick. No. And uh, but apart from that, I thought his game was pretty useful. I think he had about twenty two touches, something like that. So started slowly, but worked himself into it, didn't he? Yep. But you were quite right. It just we didn't have that one right at the goal at the coal face that could do it for us. Yeah. And, and this is where we need Riley to come on. Phil thought. Um, you know, uh, O'Brien dropped himself down there at times and I thought O'Brien's game was pretty decent um, and he made himself dangerous at times up forward nearly took a grab there towards the end uh, up forward. It would have been interesting to see <laughs> how many Crows players would have run past him for that one. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, t- I just felt like we were just one marking option short um, and... Uh, you know, you, I don't know, people who have been watching the under-18s, you get a load of uh, young Tyler Welsh. Have you seen him, Mac? I like the look of him. I really Ooh. do like the look of him. Ooh. He's going to be a can, powerful brute of a player, isn't he? Can play, can play. So, uh, yeah, look, look forward to that one. Uh, Peds was good up forward, but uh, again, he's a bit enigmatic at the moment. Uh, again, Mac. Uh, I have to say that um, we are, we talked about this before the bye, we are reverting back to the old guard when it comes to inside or to centre bounce attendances. Not many for Peddler, none I think for Rochelle, only a couple for Saligo. Um, you know, I know we want to make finals, but we're still in development mode. I think really what uh, caused that today, though, was the fact that. Uh, Having keys uh, on Dacos, so they did that last time we played them, and uh, it worked to some degree. It will never work to a full degree, um, and they did it again today. The idea was to sort of neutralise. The Dacos were playing as a midfielder today, and um, I think that was the idea of that. Which meant there, there's one spot gone. Leeds always got the other spot, and uh, and Dawson's got the other spot. So that's basically mm-hmm. why it was like that. 
But yeah, you're quite right. The young boys didn't get much of a look in there. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, Saligo, Rochelle, uh, both of those two boys, they were pretty quiet overall. Yeah. Look, I know the keys uh, tag worked all right against him in, in the previous game. Uh, I don't think it was really successful in this game. I felt like Ben was far too loose. Yeah, I don't think I don't think it worked either, Fiend, but I think that was meant to be the logic behind it. Yeah. Uh, see, this is, to me, this is an opportunity for a bloke like Luke Peddler. Even if you gave Luke Peddler 10 minutes a quarter on Nick Dacos, because Peds would bury him. You know, the, Nick Dacos would not get a, a cheap kick. He would not get a cheap disposal, and Peds would burn him the other way. He doesn't have the engine, but you give the kid 10 minutes a quarter on him. Yeah, look, if, he, if he had the... Dacos can run and run and run. I mean, he can, he can almost run a marathon on the bloody ground, I reckon. Um, I don't know that uh, Peds would be able to keep up with him for very long. He's a very slippery customer and a very yeah, smart. I know, but, you don't, but we're still in development mode, Mac. And Luke Pedler, we are hoping, is going to be one of our key midfielders going forward. Who better to run him with than probably one of the three best midfielders going around in the comp at the moment? Well, in a way, you're right. Um, but I just I have my doubts how effective it would have been. Would it have been any less effective than Ben Keyes today? Maybe not. Keys was hopeless. Keys oh, was no, hopeless. It's a bit harsh. Oh. No, no, no. Okay. No, no, no. Ben Keys, for all his hustle and bustle, he cost us a lot of opportunities with his lack of composure today, and he was very, very loose on Nick Dacos. And, uh, well, I mean, Dacos was far too good for him because he's a much more talented footballer. Well, yeah, but, I mean, Keyes made a fist of it last time. He played loose, Macca. Ben uh, Keyes was far time, too uh, interested in... Ben Keyes was far too interested in getting the ball. He should yeah, have made Nick Dacos think... his, his first priority and burning him the other way second priority. His first priority... Nick Dacos got 903 disposals. <laughs> we, got 30, we got 38 or 39, didn't he? I don't know, uh, but I know he got the hell of a lot of it. Yeah, well, you've got a, a bloke tagging a bloke and he gets 39 disposals. You cannot make excuses for him. Oh, I'm not, but it didn't. It, I only say they did it this time because it worked last time, but it didn't work this time. Yeah, and I, I think this is where I think we needed to get Rochelle and Pedler and, and those blokes into the game a little bit more. We, we can, like, every time we get those young lads into the game into the middle something happens and you only need to get them in for a few and you know maybe rotate three or four players on nick dacos but ben keys i'm i'm coming to the the conclusion that ben keys is is no longer part of our future i really don't think he is uh he said he might be next year but i don't think he would be the year after no i don't i don't think he's part of our premiership team i really don't and i feel bad saying that because he's a heart and soul player but if he can't 
if he can't uh, find a way to to gain composure, and if he can't find a way to get his disposal right, and like that that shot for goal that he kicked from that he had a crack at in the last, and he didn't even make the distance. I mean, that's bread and butter. That's forty five meters out on 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 your left. That's that's bread and butter. <laughs> like I agree with you. There's no argument for me of what you're saying about him long term. And uh, uh, yeah, look, they should have probably changed it and and tried other players because, um, I mean, Dacos, uh it, they deliberately started him off the bench and then just slipped him in quietly. And then once he was on there, he just, he just ran right. But um, yeah, uh, I. I don't know who else. I mean, you say Pedler, but Pedler could go with maybe five, ten minutes at most. Um, and maybe they should have tried that. Try, uh, maybe lots of different players just going for five or ten. Well, that, that's kind of what I think. Uh, I think you've got to make yourself difficult to play against. And, you know, um, it's a bloke like Nick Dacos, he'll get off the chain a bit anyway, but it's where he gets his kicks and how under what sort of pressure he gets his kicks. And this is where I'm most critical of Keys because I didn't see Ben putting a lot of pressure on Nick. I, I would have thought that every time Dacos had the ball, Keys should have been right on his shoulder, and he just wasn't. Keys, Keys was ball hunting, and he had didn't have any eye on, on Dacos whatsoever. And if it wasn't a tag, if then it was a bad call by um, Nick's to have him in so many centre-bounce rotations, in my opinion. Yeah, you, yeah. well, I think, you're looking at retrospectively, you're right. <laughs> Someone's having a crack at you. Um, yeah, look, anyway, um, I, I just, I don't, I don't want us to get seduced by finals action Macca at the expense of our kids development this is not a year that we're going to contend you know it'll be great if we can make the finals it'll be great if we can be competitive in finals but we need the kids to be competitive in finals right there's no point there's no point in in Rory Sloan having 20 odd CBAs you know having Benny Keys in there having Rochelle roaming around on a half forward flank you know, there's there's no point in that. There's nothing to be gained from that, in my opinion. Let me just make one comment to somebody out there. I'm not going to cut, not going to cut the fucking legs off my chair just so you can see me looking straight at the camera. <laughs> you know the best bit about that, Mac. Yeah. You're not arguing. You you've been you've been like everyone's been at me about giving you a hard time lately, and. Now I'm just going to stay out of this. You can have a crack at our esteemed audience who, who pays our bills and and rocks up every week and is the reason we're here. You're just going to have a crack at them, but I'm well, not allowed to have a crack, crack at you. <laughs> anyway, I want to tell them something too. I don't know whether they know that the crows had a competition that. Uh, they oh, here we... No, 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 no. I'm going to put you on mute. I'm going to put you on mute. No, you're not. Yes, I do that. Be fair. Be... So I've just put Macca on mute because he's going to have a brag and I'm not about it. Shut up, Macca. <laughs> no, you're still on mute. You're still on mute. <laughs> Are you ready now? You're right now? I'm ready. 
Let's yeah, not really... brag about things. You're like one of three three people that put their hand up for it. Um, all right, let's keep going. Uh, free kicks twenty one to twelve. Was it? Oh, mate. Uh, hit outs 40-35. Um, I thought it was a pretty even contest. I reckon Riley O'Brien had more influence around the ground. Mac, what do you reckon? Uh, sorry, what was the question about O'Brien? He had what? Yeah, so you stop worrying about your bloody contest win and what people are saying about you in chat and just participate in the bloody conversation, would you? Riley he, O'Brien. He Riley O'Brien, right? No, you shut up. Riley O'Brien, more effective around the ground. Um, to a degree, to a degree. Uh, but I thought Cameron was very, very good for them as well, though. Yeah, I think Cameron probably won the hitouts, but uh, I reckon O'Brien was pretty good at key moments. Look, he, no, he always does have a couple of uh, really good efforts at key moments. What I did like was when he took a mark and did a short pass and the commentators said, what would be the odds of that happening? <laughs> Actually, <laughs> you know, the interesting thing about that is, if you notice, his field kicking has improved out of sight. It's not the first time well, he's done that. Uh, his field kicking has improved immensely. It's when you get him in front of the sticks that you've got to start worrying. Well, yes. Uh, although, he did kick a goal, didn't he? No, he dished it off to Tex, remember? Oh, that's right. He didn't <laughs> 15 metres out. <laughs> All right, clearances 41 to 36 in their favour. We won the centre clearances 13-10. They won around stoppage. And I think that's really key. A lot of those stats, those stoppage stats were in the first half, Mac. Um, and as I said, they, just, they were getting the ball on the outside so easily. Uh, making us look like we we're standing still, um, and we didn't. We we started to to win more of those stoppage clearances, particularly in the third. Uh, but we're also not over committing. We started. We were over committing in the second quarter. I thought. Yeah, but you know when you've got two day crosses, you know because Josh is Josh is an interesting case. I think that. He was a good player, and now that his brother's coming and been a star, it's actually elevated his standard as well. I mean, he's probably going to make the All-Australian team as well. So, um, yeah, they, they have, they've got that quality uh, around the ball that we don't have. We don't have anything at, at that level, and um, that's why they got the ball. When they got the ball, they looked more dangerous when they come in for the packs than we did. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know whether I agree with that, Mac. I think in the second quarter, they were just getting too much free ball. I didn't feel like we were putting them under any pressure. They certainly looked just as average as us when they were put under pressure. On the third quarter, yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, I suppose to some degree, the men, the day costs are for free footballers, but... Uh, even if you're a good footballer, if the rest of your side is going under uh, like they were in that third quarter, uh, no two footballers can stand the tide on their own. Yeah, and um, um, oh, sorry, I just I think it was Baxter who said in the chat, um, the commentators made mention of this, and I, 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 I agree with it. We actually play a very similar style of game to Collingwood when we're on song. And it's just uh, that Collingwood are a little bit ahead of us in terms of their development. Yeah, well, that's that's a very good, accurate summary. Yep. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, contested possession ended up pretty even, but uh, uncontested possessions they ended up doing us by 10, and I think they were out to about 25 or 30 at, at one stage. Turnovers, uh, particularly in that third quarter, we started uh, getting oh, whoops a lot of uh, turnovers and, and repeat forward 50 entries, and we didn't quite capitalise in that last quarter when we had a little patch of about five or six inside 50s that we just could not get a goal out of. Um, time position was pretty easy. Marks 87 apiece. Marks inside 50. When we started lowering the eyes, all of a sudden, we were taking marks inside 50, 10 to 16 in the end our way. Contested marks 11 each. Intercept 62, 68. As I mentioned, Mac, there's not a lot in it from uh, from the point of view of the team stats. Um, and it was one of those games you only had to watch, really, to see what was going on. It was fairly basic. Um, lack of composure in the first half, uh, more aggressive run and better movement from our forwards in the third quarter and then just a bit of a desperate scrap in the last where we probably lost some composure. Yeah, actually the team stats actually reflect the game, don't they? And um, even to the point in throwing in the umpires as well, but their, their decisions as well. Um it just tells you it was one hell of a game, and they got an edge there. But um, look, it was a, it was a great game plan, and we had moments where, like you said, we 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 lost our game plan for moments where we started bombing it in, but then uh, we then we got back again and started lowering the eyes again. And so I thought at the end we were travelling the the best in the last three or four minutes. Yeah, they just have one or two more dangerous players than we do, don't they, Mako? Um, you bring a guy like McCreary on in the last and he puts the fear of God into you because he gets out the back and he's got that pace to burn. And You know, we probably, uh, not saying that we won't in the future, but right now we probably don't quite bat as deep as they do in terms of players that can actually win a game for you. Yeah, uh, that's pretty right. That's pretty right. You know, we, we'd hope that a guy like Rankin or Rochelle or uh, Pedler or, or someone like that will become that type of player. We'll have more of those types of players. Um, just now, um, in those really hot games, they're not quite there yet. But I've got no doubt um, that they'll be, you know, at least a couple of those will become those sort of players. Just, just before we go to the player stats, Mac. What do you think about the long-term signings during the week? I'm pretty pleased, actually. I, I, I don't think there were any that I'd actually disagree with. Caligo um, um, Pat was a little bit lucky to get a seven-year one. I mean, he's been a good player, and, he, and he's going to be a, a good player, but um, and uh, Rochelle, well, I think he's a, a little cut above Caligo in terms of class. Um no, I, I think basically uh, they they targeted the right players, and what they what they're really saying is, well, in our long term future to be successful, these players have to be part of it. Yeah, I I think you're right. Um, you know, on the surface, you probably say uh, Jake Saligo a little fortunate, but I think what what they've done is said to these Victorian kids, you know, we want you around for the long term, and if you're a part of it, let's go. And uh, you know, Rochelle's come out this week and said how much, how much he loves the club and he wants to be a one-club player and, you know, his family's gotten around it and, you know, it's it's fantastic. And, 
you know, I don't have a problem with that. And you and I both know that contracts really, you know, at the end of the day, they're only a piece of paper and lots of things can happen. I think it's also strategically good from the club to lock those players in before the next CBA agreement, um, you know, although I'm sure there'll be provisions, but I still think it helps us from a cap point of view. It does, definitely does. Um, and, you know, I would think that uh, both Texans phone and we'll probably get another year uh, and that'll probably be announced fairly soon, I would think. Yeah, definitely Tex. Um, you'd think, Sloaney, um, I would hope that they'd just keep them on rolling one-year contracts because, as we know, once you drop off the cliff, oh, you yeah. drop off the cliff, don't you? And uh, Sloney, you know, is getting every ounce of it out of himself at the moment. But, uh, you know, he's, he's, I think the 1990, I think he does deserve another year. There's been times, let's not forget, where he's been mercurial in patches. I, I don't agree with him being a centre bounce attendee as much as what he is. Um, I think we've gone back to that world too much. And I think he needs to be a pinch hitter, Macca. And I hope they rebalance that. I hope they address that because it's costing... I think Sloan's rotations are costing Peds and Rochelle and Rankin and and Saligo centre bounce attendances. And I think that we need to get that into them. So I'd hope that they get Sloan back out of there a little bit, get that balance right. Yeah, look, I think Tex is an absolute no-brainer for another year. But um, Sloan is like... He he probably will get one, but it, like to me, it is fifty fifty. And if it wasn't like the guy is so loyal and um, said you know said he'll give his heart and soul and play till he dies for the club, etc. Um, it's just that he's a lovable character, and we know that he gives a hundred percent. But you can see his body just gradually the toll it's taking, and he and he is gradually declining, gradually declining. Still good enough to be in the side at the moment, but will that be the case again next year? Yeah, and I guess that's the thing. But you give him one more. I think you give him one more. Um, it's more how they use him, I reckon. So, I, look, I didn't mind. I thought it was great. You know, we got Max and we got Rochelle and we got Saligo and who was the other one? We got one more, didn't we? Schoenberg. Um, Schoenberg, that's right, got a couple, which a lot of people turn their noses up a bit, but I, I'm about that. I think they're showing faith in Harry. Um, I think you'll find um, Sanberry. Um, where's he at contractually? Um, he may well have a contract for next year already. Yeah, I th- in some I place, th- we did sign him up last year as well, so there'll be a lot of players that have got a uh, contract for next year. Yeah, yeah. He, he's, not on, he's not on the list but uh, no, uh, Jones was the other one that we got, but I think that was good. He deserved it. And yep. Schomburg, I think, is an investment into, hopefully, Schomburg uh, regaining the form that made him uh, a regular win in maybe last year or the year before. I can't remember which now, but, um, he, I mean, he showed that he could play at this level and he has yep. been playing well in the two and maybe he's got his private life and behaviours and... Uh, his lifestyle is his, his fine now, Mac. I keep telling you that. It's his fitness that he needs now. Yeah. He's, he's a yep. year behind in his fitness as a result of him being a bit wayward last year. Um, he's yep. got that under control. He just That's why they're working him in the twos. You know, a, for a kid who came in in first year and looked so deft in his disposal and his ability to put players mm. to advantage, for him to lose that... <coughs> 
um, that's just fitness. You you don't lose that ability. You lose it under fatigue, in my opinion. And I think that Burgess is just building his base. And I, I'm pretty comfortable that's what they're doing with Sam Berry as well, mate. Yeah, um, I'm just a bit disappointed. Sam Berry didn't really come on the thing uh, this year. I, look, I think, again, they're building his base. I think he's a bit of a one-pace player at times, and I think his ability to go in, like, I think he would have struggled with the pace of the game today. Um, you know, I think he needs an extra yard, and I think they're probably working on that with him at the moment. There's no question he can get the agate. Yeah, that's a good comment. Also, his kicking needed a little bit of a brush-up as well. Yes, that's right. You know, you want to get to the end of the year and Schoenberg and Berry are dominating it in, in the SANFL. Um, you know, um, particularly with young Taylor um, missing. Um, you know, and if and if that's the case and if they have a good final series in the SANFL, then that'll stand them up for a good pre-season going into 24, I think. So if we have, say, let's say we had pick 10 or something like that this year, what, what should we be targeting? Oh, look, mate, if we got pick 10, I'd be trading it. Yeah, try, trying to get a player, an established player. Yeah, I really think we need to work hard to work a trade. Um, it's, you know, pick. We, we are still in growth mode. I think we can't, we, we've still got that little dip in the 23 to 26 year mark you know, that we're trying we to address with blokes like Rankin and Dawson, etc. I think we need one more of those. Uh, a lot of people are talking about Redmond. I maintain that he's not coming. Um, I don't actually know whether he's the right one anyway. I really like Darcy Parrish. Uh, I'd love us to have a crack at him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what do you he, think? Has he been as I think Paris uh, is uh, about to sign or has signed. I don't know which one, but no, I don't think um, he has. But I think there must be some doubt about Redmond uh, staying there when they had to trot out a veteran from years gone by to try and convince him as well. Yeah, I, I would be very surprised if if Redmond comes to comes back to Adelaide. Yeah, but it'd be good if he did because you'd get him for free because he's a free agent. So, um, Redman, yeah, mm. he's a free agent, mm. uh, as, as is Parrish. But, um, yeah. I don't think we'll get Parrish. I'd, I'd like to have him, he, he's very good, but uh, I don't uh, think we know, need, a, I don't think we need another halfback flanker, Macca. Um, I'm, I'm presuming that Duda stays. Um, he's certainly not going to be in action for most of next year. Um, it just gives it that extra depth with a bit of quality as well. Um, look, I'm sure the club will, will land somebody as a free agent, I think. Uh, I mean, Harry Himbleberg would be perfect, but he won't be coming to us. He'll go to either Sydney or Melbourne club. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think Harry's going to come to us. Um and again, and another player that's probably surplus. We we need exactly someone like Darcy Parrish, in my opinion. Oh, I, you might get a fight out of me. I'd love a midfielder. A midfielder is exactly what we need. A good midfielder. An A-grade midfielder. 
If we could add that to our, if we could add that to our uh, midfield, just a real quality A grade midfielder. Um, but they're hard to get. They are hard to get. Sorry about people just staring at my blank face. My, my camera's just stopped working for some reason. We'll try and fix that as we go along. Um, yeah, uh, look, I mean, I don't want to turn this podcast into a who might we pick up. Um, but if you ask me what we need, if if I had a wish list and without naming a particular player, Macca, I would say that we need a um, a midfielder. Um First and foremost, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah, I, I have to go along with that. Uh, a good quality one, but as I say, they're very, very hard to get. Very hard to get. Um, it's really we, you know, we, we were very, very, very lucky in the case with Dawson because we we didn't really recruit him as a midfielder, and he's turned out to be our best midfielder. Uh, so that that was. That was, I mean, somebody along those lines would be great. Um, Flanders from uh, Gold Coast is one. Uh, yep, uh, I just missed who said that in the chat. I've been looking at him a bit. I don't reckon he's a bad idea. Forget about Hollands. He can't even, he can hardly stay in the VFL team, Vardy. Um, he's not, he hasn't come on since his um, ACL. He hasn't got any pace at the moment. Uh, he hasn't come back at all. Uh, he's not what we need at the moment. No, unfortunately. Yeah, he had actually had a couple of good games at the end of last year, Fane, but uh, this year he's just languishing and, well, they're not even considering him. Yeah, he, he might have had a couple of games last year, but he's he's struggling to to make it in the in the VFL this year so much. Anyway. You know, and not forgetting too, we've got father-sons to worry about and all that sort of stuff, so who knows. But, you know, if you ask me what we'd do if we had pick 10, I, I would say that pick 10 is more value to us on the trade table than uh, with another draft pick. I'm with you on that. Anyway, let's look at some individuals, and I just want to point... Uh, this, um, this week's um, uh, Brownlow... Votes are going to be very interesting. I want people to put a pin on this game and uh, see what happens because Nick Dacos had two more disposals than Geordie Dawson. Have a look. 13 kicks, 24 handballs, as opposed to 27 kicks and 8 handballs and 9 marks and 12 tackles, if you don't mind. But that is a monster game by Geordie Dawson, and if he doesn't get the three votes, we might as well stop watching the Charlie if we haven't already after... Crips won it last year. Yeah, he definitely deserves the, the three. Um, Dacos got his a lot easier as well. Like a lot of running past uh, handballs received, etc. Well, he got um, them all Dawson, on the outside. Yeah, Dawson's were hard earned. Yeah, nine marks, 12 tackles, didn't kick a goal, unfortunately. Uh, spent 60% of the time behind the ball. 71% disposal efficiency when you're having 27 kicks. In that kind of a game, Macca, is unbelievable. 11 contested yeah. possessions, 21 uncontested. He turned it over six times, five intercepts, uh, nine score involvements. Uh, as I said, nine marks, um, 32 pressure acts, 665 metres game. I don't care what anyone says, that's nearly the game of the season. 
from all yeah, colors, no, in good. my opinion. Ripper of a game. Ripper of a game. Five like, appearances. Three, best... Sorry, go on. I'm going to say, as I said before, I reckon it's one of the best games I've seen in Crow's colors for many, many years. I'm, I'm trying to think of one that can match it. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, you know, uh, and they didn't even notice it until halfway through the third quarter. So, oh, gee. Geordie's playing all right. Going on about bloody Nick Dacos the whole game. Jordan had it, had him covered. Um, so fantastic game from Dawson. Laird, uh, less conspicuous and only the 10 kicks from Laird. 21 handballs. I felt like um, the pace of the game got to him a bit and plus the, um, the scragging didn't help either, mate. I felt like they were just shutting him down at all costs. Two things, yeah, you're quite right. He was being held at every centre bounce, um, but and the pace was pretty hot early, but I noticed as the pace slowed, Laird came more into the game as well. Yeah, that's true, um, but uh, I think he, we need to get... He can't just be a, uh, he can't just be a shovel, Macar. He's got to actually get... He's got to get some easier ball in transition, in my opinion, Rory Laird. It's a weakness in his game is to get that easy ball. Um, he, he certainly, there's no doubt about his willingness to get two and a hard ball. Uh, that's beyond dispute. But uh, no, we, we, yeah, we, we we could afford to have a receiver type mid, midfielder because we do have workmen like uh, midfielders to give it to them. Mm. And, that, and that means like a parish would fit perfectly into that category. Well, I guess that's what I'm getting at, you know. I, I feel like there's an opportunity there for for another workhorse, but Parrish does get the ball on the outside too, Mac. No, I think he's mainly an outside player. Um, all right. Uh, Benny Keys, as we've spoken about, 29 disposals, 11 and 18. Um, sorry. Um, he had two marks and five tackles. Um, 16 contested possessions uh, surprisingly when at 76% disposal efficiency it just seems that his disposal just breaks down at key moments doesn't it Mac in my opinion it, well yes it does at times there's no doubt about that um, one in, one mark inside 50 346 metres gained he had uh Ten clearances, four in the centre, and six around stoppage, five tackles, three inside fifties. Um, I just feel like Benny had one job today, and he didn't do it. Uh, yeah, if you're talking about Dacos, yeah, yeah. Uh, for mine, second best on the ground was Mitch Hinge. Um, I don't know what you think, Mac, but I thought Mitch was enormous. Twenty-three touches, nineteen kicks, four handballs, three marks, two tackles. Um, he had six contested possessions, sixty-one percent disposal efficiency is a bit down, um, but he had seven intercept possessions, five score involvements, and I just felt like, particularly at critical moments, uh, he was very good. Mac six rebound fifties from Mitch. Very astute, Clean. I actually had him listed down as my second best player for the Crows for the very reasons that you just said because um, he had to sort of adjust his game as well when we went down when we uh, lost at all. Um, and I just thought he just did it beautifully. 
his judgment for marking was excellent. He just the ball was very good. I, I just thought, yeah, he was definitely our second best player. Yep, uh, agreed. Uh, Chase Jones, uh, twenty three touches, fourteen and nine. Isaac Rankin, twenty one touches, fourteen and seven. Rory Sloan, nineteen touches, three kicks, sixteen handballs. Mac, that's the problem with Rory. Yeah, yeah. That, that I, I gave him all the rating, and I and I gave Sloan average for his rating. Somebody else saw somebody said that in the chat. I gave them a rating, and my average on Sloan was average, which means that not not really dominant, but not really terrible. He just got did something. And the problem with it is, is that if you're getting, if you've got Rory Laird who isn't getting kicks, and then you've got Rory Sloan who isn't getting kicks, then it leaves a hell of a lot to Darcy, uh, to Jordan Dawson. Yeah, you know, a hell of a lot. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. You know, and that's probably where our midfield suffers at the moment. You know, Sloan need four uncontested marks, 10 pressure acts, only 127 metres gained. You know, I mean, yes, he'll fight and scrap and all the rest of it, but I just don't think that you would have got the same stats out of a combination of Saligo, Rochelle and Pedler. I'm 100% with you on that, and... Um... Oh, yeah, I did say to Mrs. Macker that it's a pretty old midfield, and um, and I think that Sloaney he's good at uh, like trying to hold the ball in the area, um, but he's not. And there's none of these ripping uh, charges out of the centre with it. He's just um, he's a, he's a defensive mid. Well, and it makes our midfield very easy to cover, Macker, doesn't it? It does, because it, the only one that's really got. He's got defence and aggression. Is Dawson? Yeah, I, I felt like Sloan's centre centre bounce work wasn't bad, um, but the trouble is, you don't get a lot of out of you don't get a lot out of him in general play. You know, you, you, if he's parked up forward, you'll get a, you'll get a stoppage. If if he's in around stoppage, you'll you'll get hard work. But you don't get a lot of free running from Sloaney anymore, do you? You don't get that run down the wing or you know, running through the centre corridor or anything like that. He's, it, we need someone a little yeah, that, bit more dynamic in that role. Definitely do, because that Sloaney's past that. I mean, he, he is a 100%er in a scrap. He'll fight and fight. And um, as you say, he can put it on uh, holding the ball in the area as well. Uh, yep. But, yeah, we, we, need, we need burst players. Yep, uh, that, that, that's it, that, in my opinion. Um, and I think Sloaney might be forced to uh, be in there more than he needs to be because I think Nix is a little bit worried about losing uh, contested ball and ground ball. But again, we're, we're a developing side and, and Nixie cannot lose sight of that fact. If we don't give blokes like Pedler, who will give you everything at ground level, and Rochelle, who's got a touch of silk, and, and Rankin, who is pretty hard at it in, in contested situations... Um, then we're not going to we're not going to progress. Well, um, how, how many uh, centre bounces did uh, uh, Rochelle attend? None. And Saligo? Two. No, that's terrible. Yeah. So they they don't have that mix right at the moment, and we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks. 
uh, or a couple of rounds, I should say. Uh, it, it seems the more that finals come into, into the equation, the more we're reverting to the old old school, and I just feel like we can't lose sight of our development. Look, I, I actually agree with you, in the sense that um, I would rather us not make the finals but keep playing the style of football that we're playing um, and that we played in that third quarter, attempt to try and play that every quarter, even if it doesn't work every quarter. Uh, because you only get, you know, the more you practice something, the better you get at it. And it's no good us squeaking into the finals and then not going anywhere and just getting tossed out. Um, so I would rather us just keep trying to do the right thing in terms of what our long-term future is. And um, it's going to be of more benefit next year than, than it is this year. Yep. 100% agree, mate. Uh, don't forget, for people listening in Discord, uh, if you want to have your say, get your hand up, we'll get you on. Um, thanks to everyone, as always, for joining us. We've got a good audience in Discord tonight and um, a good set of listeners on YouTube, Mac. We're uh, sitting around the 70 YouTube listeners, which is pretty good uh, first back from a spell. Uh, I reckon there would be a few people just... Uh, into about their fifth red wine and not wanting to talk about the footy anymore. <laughs> uh, we got uh, we got someone here wanting to come on, good fella. Come on, good fella. Uh, make sure your hey, mute is off. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad. Yourselves? Yeah, pretty good. Hey, mate. All right. What do we yeah. call you? Um, oh, your proper name's Nathan. Good on you, Nathan. Nathan. Yeah, long time supporter of these of these blasted crows. Um, <laughs> it's not so much to to talk about the game, which was um, ended up being a bloody brilliant game in the end. But more so the fact of the um, how can we put it? Victorian biased commentary that Fox chooses <laughs> to throw at us every friggin' time. It's shocking, you know. It is shocking. The only thing that was missing was Eddie, the only thing that was missing was Buckley's love buddy, the Eddie Maguire show. <laughs> I mean, I call him Boxhead because, well, blatant obvious, he looks like a boxhead. You're hey, saying you're not a between Gary Lyon, another bloody Victorian, you know, uh, ice, yeah, ice bloody thing, and you got Buckley. They basically had us dead to rights at half time. Well, we uh, yes, we alone. weren't. To be fair, we yes, were we dead weren't. to rights. <laughs> yeah, we were, but we weren't. We, we'd, we'd blasted them in the first quarter. If we'd kicked straight, the game could have been possibly over. Yeah. I, 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 don't, actually, uh, I didn't actually mind yeah. Buckley. I thought Buckley was pretty uh, nah. Pretty even. Uh, I love did. Child was out on the ground. Oh, actually, both, both of them were out there. Dacos's. They're both out there, yeah. you know, like the Macedonian marvels of whatever. And if you were a drinker and you wanted to have a bit of a game, the amount of times that his name was brought up would be ridiculous. <laughs> That's true. You wouldn't be walking by the end of the day. That's very and true. You basically say that once he finally got on the ground, because they started him on the bench. Now, that was mm. to obviously stuff I was up with keys, right? Yep. But to then turn around and say once he come on the ground, basically we were dead because he come on the ground. Towards the end of that second uh, that second quarter, I remember hearing either Buckley or Lyon or one of them mentioning, "Yeah, once he got on the ground, the game was basically changed over." But that's like, what happened. Hold on a though. minute, that's what happened. Though. It, it is it is what happened to an extent, but that is 
all of a sudden, this Dacos, I mean, yeah, he's a brilliant player. But he's no Ablett yet. He's no, you know, he's just he's just uh, at that time, at the right time for Collingwood in regards to the way that they're playing. And it's helped them out. But, oh, I just, yeah, it was like the 90s all over again. It's like the Victorians just want to put a fork in us all the time. Mate, it's something that we have to carry, the fact that we're we're interlopers in a Victorian competition and the umpires yeah. show it and the commentators show it, the fixture shows it, whether, the tribunal shows it. I don't know it. whether it was Fox's idea of saying, oh, Buckley's South Australian, so there's the South Australian side. It's like, no, he comes from the NT and he's a Collingwood fucking love child. Like, Yeah, well, they, they, read, they don't, uh, very bluntly, they don't give a flying F well, about uh, South Australia at all. They just they ah. came into the Victorian market, and that's all they When they got about. rid of the state of origin once they won it and, you know, you know, uh, Mr. Football bloody died, you know, and they romped us in that state of origin, I mean, I think they become scared of it, I think, in the end. They didn't want it to keep going in case we beat them for another seven years straight. <laughs> I don't know about that, mate. I think uh, it's I feel, becoming Nathan, pretty... Nathan, I feel like you've had this, this, this just building up inside you for a number of years. <laughs> oh, just a few years, yeah, kick a Vic. I'm just... I mean, the amount of our SA players back in the day, like your Brattles, your Kernahans, your Tony Halls, Garmin to an extent, despite he, he was a bit later again, they took, and then they turn around and say, oh, no, we're going we're gonna to cancel the state of origin because, you know, too many of our stars are getting beaten and rah, rah, this and that. But then they claimed... You know, well, he's Victorian now. He doesn't want to go back to South Australia. Right, right. It's like, no. He's just, yeah, I don't know what it is. Kernahan could have come back. I thought he would have under Cornsy, but obviously he... Just take heart brown the, paper bags. Just take heart in the fact, mate, that uh, we've just signed two very good Victorian kids until oh, yeah. 2029. So, uh, I didn't realise we had done right. that. Actually, they brought it up on the thing. I thought, oh, that was a bit yeah, different. Nathan, no, thanks very it. much, mate. I, I wish I wish that there was an actual option within either KO or Fox or somewhere that you could get an alternative commentary team. Yeah, well, if someone pays me a bit of money, me and Macker will do the commentary and you can uh, listen to us instead. And we'll, and we'll be, we'll be <laughs> totally biased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be we'll really biased. I mean, look, biased. we had Bruce McAvaney for how many years? I mean, he's a crowed heart. Yeah, yeah. Sandy Roberts as well. He never yeah, come across as a biased commentary. He he was I don't know how he done it or what he done, but it just flowed and it was just even. And apart from yeah, the well, final when Jarman kicks five and a quarter. If he and I were calling, it'd be something like some Collingwood wankers got it there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Thanks, mate. And if, hey, put it this way: if he wins the Brownlow, it's a fucking joke. He'll win it. He'll win it. Thanks, Nathan. Him. There's a little good on you, mate. player that is doing quite good. No worries. Cheers, boys. Good on you, mate. Thanks for listening. There you go. There's there's a Crow supporter that's just been waiting for a platform to fucking put it all on the table. (laughs) No state of origin and no bloody Kernahan and no bloody commentators. Loved it. Loved it. That's the passion we need, Mac. Yeah, well, he's got passion, all right. Well, you know, Um, I mean, look. It's bloody true. I was only saying to someone the other day, it might have been my, my lad, Cameron, you know, it's such a shame. The whole legacy of South Australian football is, is gone. And I would imagine it would be the same in WA. 
You know, the greats of, of yesteryear in the SANFL are gone. They're not spoken about. Russell Ebert, Barry Robin, you know, Lindsay Head, Paul Bagshaw, you know, these types, they're, they're just not spoken about anymore. And it's a it's such a pity that, it, you know, once Neil Curley got old a bit, got on a bit, and, of course, he's obviously passed away now as well, there's really been no one to pick up the baton to maintain the history of South Australian football. And it's... It's a bloody shame. It really is. Yeah, and they'll trot out some bloody Victorian name that they used to play in Knickerbockers about 50 years ago. And uh, as if it's relevant to the AFL because it's the VFL. So and, it tells us very clearly to them it's still the VFL with intruders playing in the, in the competition. And, Rabbit, those blokes might have been 50 years ago, but don't forget that the SANFL was probably the strongest it's ever been when the Crows came in. So don't give me that shit. Don't give me that shit. If no. it wasn't for the SANFL, the VFL would have gone under. So uh, let's no. let's not denigrate what sort of football we had you. in the SANFL. No, no, not you. It was Rabbit in the chat. Let's, let's, oh. not, denig- let's not denigrate what we had before the Crows came in at SANFL because we had, you know, at least the second strongest comp- uh, competition in the country and we had some damn bloody good players. Correct. Anyway, Correct. let's get back to the game. Nathan's just sent us all off on a bit of a bloody rant now about South Australian football, but we'll get back into it. Um, uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. Um, Brody Smith. Where we were? Brody Smith. We're going through players. Now, Brody Smith, uh, I didn't think he had that good a game, 19 disposals, 13 and 6. The one thing that Noah's talking about is that he should have he should have nailed that goal in the last quarter. He should have, and that was very costly, that miss. Um, I thought he would kick it because, he, you know, he, he wasn't under pressure at the time when he kicked it, and, I, yeah, it was a costly miss. But overall, I had him as a, as a pass for the game, but not an outstanding pass. Didn't give us a lot, Mac, I didn't think. Well, he I think he's coming slowly towards the end of his career. He might have one one to two left in him. Yeah. Um, Miller, I thought, was patchy. Got deer in the headlights a couple of times and at other times did some good things. Um, young Ned McHenry, um, I just don't care what anyone says. I mean, the kid just comes on and bloody gives it absolutely everything and when you compare him to Benny Keys, uh, we certainly got more value for possessions out of McHenry today than we did out of Benny Keys. If every player could play with a passion <laughs> McHenry has we wouldn't lose mate I mean, but not only that he showed body. composure there was, there was times where he stepped through traffic showed composure dropped his eyes it wasn't just all you know yap dog McHenry he actually played very well. I, I think he's the best sub that's going around, mate. And I think that that's where he's actually at his best. And I think if you plan on bringing him in for a, a quarter and a half of a game, I think you're going to get very good value out of him because he puts his, his body and soul into that uh, quarter and a half. And yeah. I mean, how many possessions do you have? I think he had quite a few for uh, 16 touches, 7 and 9, 5 marks, 1 tackle in, what, half game? Yeah, I think that's pretty good. And um, and actually, as you said, I thought he used the ball reasonably well to, uh, today too. Yeah. 
Uh, Thilthorpe only just going at the moment. Kicked a goal, got injured. Um, his knee was getting ice, so I think he got got it uh, hyperextended in a tackle. Wouldn't be surprised if he missed a week. Um, Macca against uh, who we got next week? Bloody someone. North Melbourne, I think. North, yeah, I wouldn't mind betting that he has a rest and either Gallant or um, oh, that's the other one we signed too. We signed Lockie Gallant for a couple of years. I thought that was actually really good because I was expecting Lockie to maybe want to go back for more opportunity. <clears throat> he yeah, might be here next he, week. He's got talent. Yep. Uh, Josh Worrell continued his excellent form. We haven't missed anything by having Josh in the team over an injured Tom Diday. Um, 14 disposals, 9 and 5, 5 marks, and some real courage at times, Mac. Yeah, I agree. I'm sure Gallant signed. Anyway, maybe I'm wrong. Um, Hang on. Bloody Magic. Oh, you're saying that Bloody Magic has said Gallant won't sign any time. Mac, are you with us? Have you been drinking again? No, I haven't had a a drop. Right, maybe you should. Uh, Tex Walker, uh, five goals, one. He's kicked 15 goals in two matches. He's leading the the Coleman, I think. Uh, Mac and, uh, my God, like... Last couple of weeks, form of his career. Well, he is at the best form of his career, and um, I reckon he's got another two years in him. I mean, he, I mean, they'll probably only give him a one-year contract. Oh. But I reckon there's only two years left in him. Yeah, the cliff comes quickly, mate. The cliff comes quickly, um, and what will what will possibly do him in is soft soft tissues might start catching up with him, but. Uh, He's he, when he starts attacking the ball, when he gets on his bike and starts leading up the ground and attacking the ball, he's almost unstoppable. Yeah, no, he's good. He's good. And congratulations to the chat. We've hit a thousand messages. That's always the goal that they like to hit. A uh, thousand messages tonight. Uh, well done, everyone. And don't forget, if you're in the audience and you want to have your say, we've still got a little bit of time. Um, as mentioned, Rolly O'Brien, I thought. Probably broke even in the end, but did some good things around the ground. Luke Peddler, 11 disposals. Would love to get 20 out of Luke. If we got 20 Luke Peddler disposals, Macca, that makes such a difference. Um, That's Peddler. I, I think he's got the ability to be something special, but there's one thing that he's got, he's got a bit of a psychological hang-up is when he's having a set shot from around about 30 metres out straight in front. He is a beautiful kicker of the football, and he... You know, he kicked. I remember him when he played in the uh, Snaffle Grand Final. You know, I think he kicked five goals in one of the one of the games there in the, of the finals. Uh, and when he's playing on centre, and then, you know, kicking long, raking, beautiful drop punts from about 50, 60 metres out. Yet put him 20, 30 metres out. And I think he freezes just a little bit. He's just got to relax and just put his boot right through the ball. He kicked his goal from 30 metres out. A bit. Yeah, but he but he missed one. From yeah, but he also kicked one, which is relevant to what? Which means that he, hasn't, that, that he hasn't got a problem. He just happened to miss one. He should kick away everyone from thirty meters out. <laughs> oh yeah, but so should everyone else. <laughs> you can't no, single I, him out for missing out from thirty. I mean, we've seen bloody Tex Walker miss from thirty. You have a look, Faye, and go back in the, every week. He, he, he usually misses one that he should kick. Okay. 
Uh, I like his kicking. Uh, Josh Rochelle, the three points. Um, he certainly missed one that he should have kicked. Uh, there was a snap that he kicked uh, that wasn't that hard that he should have kicked, and he kicked it across the face. Um, yep. Just off the boil still, Josh, but I'd like to see him just being put in the middle and get and force him to get involved. Um, it's hard agree. playing on half forward, Mac, isn't it? It's a hard uh, spot to play. Yeah, look, it's, it's the dead man spot, you know. Uh, the one position you don't want to be, better be a forward pocket than be a half forward flanker because you, um, yeah, it's just a dead spot normally. Unless you're to be, you know, he's like a Tommy Leach, he used to really play almost wing and half back uh, with his leading. But yep. yeah, somebody, somebody said it's a spot of death. Look, Saligo also eleven disposals, six and five. Um, struggled to get into the game. Um, again, I would have probably had him around the ball a little bit more. Um, but I think Jake's almost ready for a bit of a rest, Mac. To be honest with you, I wouldn't mind betting that Harry might get get a run ahead of Jake Saligo in the games coming up. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. Um... He's been mixing his form the last two or three weeks. He's been playing good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's generally a sign that they probably just need a bit of a uh, an easy one or a rest. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Michael Annie played well. I thought Fogarty after half time really picked up his game and started presenting far better. Uh, Geordie Butts and Nick Murray until he went off were solid. Lockie Murphy unsighted. Unsighted, Lockie Murphy. Shock. Four game. Yeah, another one who's been mixing his form his best over the last six or eight weeks has been really, really good. Um, but he does have a habit of just not turning up sometimes. Yeah, didn't like Shoal's game either. No, funny one, Shoal. Um, he's not having the impact at the moment, is he? I, I, I don't mind him in the team. Uh, but he's got to have more impact. He's got to get more of the ball. I, I wonder if yep. we're going to play him on the wing, Mac, or whether he's got the pace for the wing. Well, I don't really know. He, he's, he's got average pace, but he hasn't got exceptional pace. Um, but he's generally been a good reader of the ball. But, uh, yeah, it was it's a pretty physical game out there today, and that's not where he shines. I didn't see him, by the way, I didn't see him squib any, uh, any today. But uh, it was just one of his lesser games. Definitely yeah, lesser what, games. what you said was key there. Um, it was a physical game. That's what you get in finals. And we cannot afford to carry blokes that can't handle finals pressure, Mac. Only 250 metres gained, uh, only nine pressure acts. Um, you know, he had 70% time on ground or thereabouts, he had no clearances. Um, one rebound, fifty, uh, no tackles. Gave away a couple of yeah. frees. Um, you know, if you're going to be a wingman in the AFL, you have to be a link player who can get meterage, and he does not get meterage. Yeah, he was in my list of fails along with Murphy, Saligo. I, yeah. I, I thought that that was okay, um, but I thought. You know, at the end there, I thought he was a little bit tossed out because it was his opponents that were, getting, were marking the ball. Oh, well, I mean, it was Mason Cox and, like, to be fair, Cox took one mark and the other one was a stupid free, so... Yeah. 
Um, you know, so look, it was a very good performance. I think we don't need to ignore the fact that our young lads were in and out of the game and it was our more senior players that kept us involved in the game. Um, so, you know, let's not get too carried away. But there's some really good signs. Um, and to push the top team to within two points again at their home deck in front of 60-odd thousand is pretty good. And the only other thing I'd say is that it's, it says a lot, Macca, when the commentary team goes, oh, the Crows haven't won... Or the, the Crows' last win was, you know, won in the last five games, and you've got to go back to 2017 to get five times that we've played Collingwood at the G. Had to go all the way back to 2017 to count up to five times we've played Collingwood. He played just about every game at the G. A fair comment, too. It's bloody ridiculous. You know, oh, the, yeah. the Crows are on a, a losing streak at the G. Well, that's not hard, you know, when you play there. Twice a century. Yeah. No, I think you got to... When you take into account the fact that a lot of these lads have never played on the G before, and, and there'd be quite a few of these have never played on the G before, with 65,000 ferals and umpires giving them a pretty rotten go and and, uh, and, and it being a really, really top-class game in, in terms of pressure, etc. Yeah, I, I think overall, a lot of them handle themselves well. Some of them just had a, to be quite make the make the grade returns like 100 percent handling it, but uh, yeah, it's it was very good experience for them. Even the ones that didn't go as good as we would have hoped they went. Well, the only thing I'd say to that is Mac that if we want to win a grand final with this team, then we have to be able to play against 50, 60, 70 thousand screaming ferals with the umpires against yeah. us. We, it cannot be an excuse. We have to. We ha, and well, I'm not saying right. I'm not saying that's what you were saying. I, I'm just, I guess, making the point that these kids have to walk away from this game and go, no, no, no. We need to make sure that the next time we come to the MCG, which will be against Melbourne, um, in a winnable game, based on current form, uh, they have to go there with a sense that we need to get runs on the board at the MCG. Yeah, well, that was the point I was making. This is their introduction yeah. to it. Uh, yeah. Now they know what it's like. Now, you'd expect them to, as I say, even the ones that didn't go quite as well as we would have expected, they should now go a little bit better because they've actually experienced it. They know what it's like, and they know how to prepare themselves for it. And, um, yeah, because uh, it would be a bit, uh, a bit, a little bit awesome when, you know, the first time you step out there in an atmosphere like that, but um, that's what they're, there, they're paid to do there, and they've had experience of it now. And uh, as you say, we would expect that they will go to a slightly higher level again when we play Melbourne. Yep. Very good. Well, Macca, I reckon that just about uh, does us. Who we got next week? We've got uh, round sixteen. We've got uh, we've got North, North. at home yep. at one fifteen. Uh, and uh, you know, North. We should just we should just win that game. It shouldn't be a problem. I think we'll probably have at least one force change. I think Phil thought might miss as well. So that would be uh, two if Murray doesn't get up. Don't know whether he's got a cork or um, whether it's something a little bit more serious there with his hamstring. Um, 
So, uh, you know. Yeah, the, not, the, actually, the, the irony of North Melbourne is I think I've seen them playing uh, in recent times and they're playing a lot better football since Clarkson isn't their coach, to be totally honest. And um, they, they'll play some pretty good football against us. You know, people say 20 goals, 100 points, and that, it won't be that. You know, if we win by anything more than six, six, seven goals, I'll be happy. It just needs to be a good all-round team performance, and I really hope that they give the kids a bit more of a run, um, get some yep. into their legs. All right, well, that'll just about do us. Thanks, everyone, for joining us tonight. It's uh, been a pleasure to return uh, following the break, and thank you all for coming back to us. Um, thanks to everyone who's joined us on YouTube. Thanks to those who joined us on Discord. And uh, we will see you, and we will see you, Macca, at the same time next week. You shall. Good night, all. all right. See you. Good night, everyone.